LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? Welcome to Monday Munchies, episode 20. We have a special live recorded episode today with Kang Sisivath, aka at Strange Food Chicago on Instagram. This is a really interesting episode. We actually compiled this over quite a few months where we sat down and recorded us in a group eating strange foods throughout Chicago. So if you ever wondered what it was like to hang out with some foodies while eating dinner or eating strange foods and how it actually all plays out, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few stops here at the Strange Foods Chicago Triple F podcast group conglomerate episode Monday Munchies. Our first stop is at Mandy Nori, authentic Yemeni cuisine on the north side of Chicago. Experience the delights of tasty food in the Albany Park neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. Their food is handcrafted using fresh ingredients. Their homestyle recipes have been handed down from generation to generation. If you're ever in Albany Park and want to experience a real, authentic, ethnic spin, then Mandy Nori will never fail you. Mandy Noor delivers a very rich blend of herbs and spices that give you taste buds and experience of a lifetime. So sit down on the floor like we did, relax, and enjoy this first launch of Mandy Noor. So I'm here on Triple F Podcast. Uh, my name is Kang Sisavath of Strange Food Chicago, and I'm, I'm here uh, with um, Food Editor, Mike Gabbard of Food Editor, and Monica, and also JP, of course, of JP Podcast, Triple F. And um, we're going to do a segment here of uh, Yemen food, Yemeni food. We have, I've, have you guys had it before? Never had Yemen food. No. I've had it once uh, a couple weeks ago. And you know, I absolutely love it, so that's why I want to bring also you guys here. here. I yeah, here. And the reason why we're here is I want to get a full experience of the culture, how we can eat with our hands and uh, eat on the floor. You know, so uh, we order a bunch of dishes, and then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna start eating and start talking as we eat. So this is like the first segment of a of a podcast that me and JP are gonna do. Uh, and then we're gonna com- combine a segment together and see how it goes, you know. Of, uh, you know, I like that you get authentic Yemeni panini here. <laughs> <laughs> Yemeni panini. <clears throat> What's odd about the menu is they do have tuna, which is surprising. I don't know if it's like sashimi tuna or, you know, like maybe like a tuna sandwich, like a tuna casserole sandwich or whatever. Is tuna in the Mediterranean? <clears throat> think so. Well, they don't. They don't swim in there. They don't grow in there. I don't think, do they? Yeah, that's interesting. Nobody can get a ship sure. there. Canned, canned tuna is all over that. Yeah, the they, world, they so. ship there. You know. Okay. So. We're starting out with some yummy tea. Yeah, yummy tea is really good. Actually, you don't really need no sugar, no nothing. It's, 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 you think so? Yeah. 
Because I'm sure they brew a big batch of it, add a little bit of stuff to it. Straight. Very potent black tea. Maybe we should do a strange food radio, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and then the, I was telling him we go eat guinea pig, but he's, you know, he's like, ah. Uh, yeah, I had the same reaction. The kids would forget. <laughs> what, 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 what if I don't tell you? Right. Yeah, you know. I would know what my mm. guinea pig would have looked like naked and mm. grilled, so. So tell us about Food Order. Like, how did you come up about writing that book? <coughs> and, uh, you know, how long did it take you to write it? You know, I. Um, Every year the Michelin Awards come out, and yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't how anyone eats dinner. Yeah. And I just thought, there ought to be, and it's not how Chicagoans eat. It's yeah. very much for tourists, and that's fine. I yeah. mean, it's, it's oriented to their mentality. You want to come to a city, you want to eat the most reliably best things it has to offer. You're probably spending a lot of money. That's who their book's for. It's fine. I don't know why we pay any attention to it. It has nothing to do with how people here mostly eat. So I thought, well, there somebody ought to have a guide to the way you can you can experience your whole city. You eat on the neighborhood level. You don't eat 12 course meals every night. Uh, and you want to just have that experience of your whole city. You want to find yourself in, you know, if you're if you're more adventurous, you want to find yourself sitting on the carpet in a Yemeni place. But even if not, you at least want to go have tacos and, you know, deep dish pizza and all those other things that that make the city interesting and are that represent its different cultures. Dim sum and Thai food. So for, uh, first of all, Michelin, that's like the Michelin Tire Company, right? That they yeah, well, that's it. where they came from, was in the early 20th century. People, you know, people were driving and they didn't know where to go. So Michelin started publishing guides about what you would find in the different places that you went if you drove from one city to the next. So. And it's only based on uh, restaurants that has a tasting menu. Well, not exactly, but it's pretty, it tends toward high end. Um, the full guide covers a somewhat broader range of things mm. than the awards do, but even so, I mean, it's it's downtown, yeah. it's it's fairly conservative choices. I mean, it's just, it's not about really getting out and exploring the city. Because I saw your food at your list, and, you know, you, you're basically just, like, all over the place, you know, just... Right, I think you should, you know, there are different parts of the city you should check out, yeah. you know, for different things. Um, there are certainly different kinds of foods that you should be checking out. Um, you know, it's not all pizza and Italian beef here and hot dogs, you know, that's, you know, there's, um, there's, you know, particularly you know, things like Asian and Mexican have just sprung up so much here. There's, you know, even in the, the time that I've lived here, um, you know, there's 10 times as much of a lot of those yeah. things. And also people are more willing to be adventurous about it. Yeah. I, mean, I felt like when I moved here, people didn't want to leave basically downtown Lincoln Park. Oh, okay. Hello. Uh, you know, we can medium. I really, you know, can't eat spicy much, you know. I mean, we don't want to, yeah. Medium, right? Yeah. Can I have some tea as well? <coughs> Thank you. Without. Without. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah, cause well, one of my favorite noodles, noodle spot I ate like seven, seven years ago, and I didn't even know he actually wrote a piece about it a long time ago. Which was uh, that? Uh, Double happiness. Yeah. Yeah, you're well, right, someone you know. else took me there. Another. Yeah, you another know. Another writer. Who and uh, like uh, you know, he writes a lot about places that I even in the past that you know I didn't think that anybody been there before. Right. You know, and then like uh, one of the places you uh, wrote about Five Loaves Bakery, it actually ended up winning the Jean uh, Blanchet Award, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, it's, people I think are now more willing, they're more willing to go to the, the south side, they're more willing to try, you know, interesting tacos, they're, they're more willing to do a lot of things, and part of the reason for that is just people writing about it, so you make it accessible. I mean, I remember before the internet, or much of the internet anyway, you know, I'd go to like a Korean place and they'd lay out the pan chan, all the little bowls of different things, and we'd just stare at it. And there was like literally no way for us to find out what that stuff was. We'd ask them, and we'd kind of get answers that kind of made sense. But there was no, there was no book that talked about that. There were no websites where you could say, "Hey, what was all this stuff? Here's a picture of this one. What the hell was that?" You know, and when. That started when that started being available on the internet. It was a huge thing, and it's just it, one of the main things it did was just reduce the amount of time it took you to figure stuff out. Right. You know, when I was first on Chowhound, like this is now 12 or 13 years ago. You know, I could post that, and by noon I'd have 10 answers and five more suggestions, and you know, all these things. That you you can't keep up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it was great. You could go out and explore, yeah, I mean, and it wasn't like a year later. I would get the answer. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I wish I had more suggestions, you know. I mean, I you know, don't get that many suggestions, and I actually have to go myself and just drive around, you know. But that's uh, part of it, too. Yeah. It's like once you know a little, it's easy to find out a little more. Yeah. So when you don't know anything, that's hard. Yeah. But, you know, if you can recognize two things on a menu, you have a place to start, and then you can branch out from there. So... I mean, I love just driving around and picking somewhere randomly and eating there. So when did you start writing your book? Uh, yeah, so, so anyway, so, you know, Michelin comes out in early November. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this maybe a week before. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, I should make write this whole book with all these, you know, with like 100 suggestions. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, and if I'm going to do that, it needs to come out in time for Christmas. So I basically spent November neglecting my kids and writing yeah. this. this <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask. I recently went to a Turkish restaurant in Wrigley. I wanted to see if you wanted to check it out or have checked it out. Uh, turquoise. I have. It's down the street from me, actually. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Hmm. One of those small little places with like max 50 people capacity. That's huh. like. Yeah, and they bake bread in house, and they and they do. Turkish breakfast is an interesting thing. This is kind of a little area of obsession of mine right now is breakfast because there are all these places that do very different breakfast and it's kind of hard to find sometimes, really. I mean, I was in Japan and I never really had Japanese breakfast because they make it very easy to have American breakfast in your hotel and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, Turkish breakfast is interesting. They bring out this whole spread with, you know, fried eggs. Actually, like the shakshuka that's on the menu here, which is eggs we and ordered tomato it. sauce. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I thought I never had it. Eggs and tomato sauce. Yeah. And, you know, there's like some cold cuts and there's bread and yogurt and, and all this 
stuff. This place has been open for only two months. Yeah, there are a lot of different yeah. things have gone in this space. I've it's, seen the name change. Yeah, it's, um, how does how does places like this get uh, you know like because I know uh, uh, writers they like to write about new place that opens up right right before it opens up and. Yeah, you, I mean, I mean something like this, unless somebody knows yeah. somebody. Um, Can you imagine having the scoop, you know, like knowing all these little spots that opened up, little families, but it's hard to do, you, you know, you got to know a lot of people. You know? Right, I mean, it, a lot of times it's, and they don't know. That, that'd be I mean, cool, what, do they, yeah. what do they know about the media scene? No, anyway? no, they don't, you know. You know, they're not sitting there going, yeah. gosh, I hope we can get Mike Sula in to yeah. review this. <coughs> I mean, yeah. usually, honestly, here's what happens so often when I go in to talk to somebody. I say, I want to write an article about you for food or dirt. I like the food. I take some pictures of food, interview a little bit. And their question in a place like this is almost always, how much will this cost me? Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I they hear. they assume too. I'm pitching them something. You know, I'm like trying to sell. You know, they have guys coming in selling them credit card processing and who knows what else. Is that a cultural thing? Like, language barrier? I think or it's just, it's just not, expectation? I think it's just the culture. Well, they're not used to it. They don't... They they always think it's gonna cost some money. That's why a lot of mom and pop places don't have PR firms because they don't want to have to pay the money, you know. But they also don't yeah. even know that that's yeah. a possibility. I think, yeah. A lot of times, it's it's you got. They don't have a sense of what the media scene for food is. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, why should they? It's not their people. It's yeah. not their their scene. It's like, wow, let's let's get a bunch of you know hipsters from Wicker Park up yeah. to Albany Park here to to eat <laughs> lamb on the floor. This is it's not. It's probably a pretty bad yeah. marketing choice to spend any money on. Yeah, but if enough people are doing it, then they'll do it. And yeah. some places will take off. I yeah. Mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, something like, I mean, I think of something like Samitas Pueblo, which is now downtown. It's got one down in Hyde Park. I mean, when people online first discovered that, it was a little hole in the wall on West North Avenue. And, you know, it's just the, the word starts building, and then they get on, you know, diners and drive-ins and dives yeah. or things like that. Because those, those guys, I mean, I get called by them, by people like that fairly regularly. To like, so what's new and exciting in Chicago? And it's like, well, here, let me just give it all to you for free, and you won't even put me on TV. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's easy for them, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't actually have to go out there and do the work. But it's also good. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they're, it's, it's a national, I'm, it's a great thing that they're like, Contacting somebody like yeah. me who's going to know the more unusual things as opposed to just opening their copy of yeah. photos. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, you know, and that's that's good, you know. That we're they, we're they, here in Chicago to, you know, yeah. go to one of the hottest new restaurants, Lou Mitchell's, you know, that kind of thing. So. <laughs> what is Lou? Is that such a restaurant? It's a breakfast place downtown that's oh. been in all the guidebooks for a hundred years. Ah. So, you, so, do you think all these cultural wonder, like food places in Chicago, are ever going to take off on places such as uh, like websites like Yelp or something of this sort? Oh, I mean, well, some of them do. I mean, I mean, like Samina's Pueblo is an example. I mean, it's, right. probably, it's I'm sure it's got plenty of reviews on Yelp and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, and they get the TV attention. I mean, there's just a lot of things. Everybody talks about Burt's Pizza. I went to Burt's Pizza the first time someone brought it to the attention of people on LTH Forum. Burt's is the one I explained to. Uh, Morton Grove. Morton Grove. And it's closed right now. Some guys are bringing it back because Burt passed away. But, uh, 
But anyway, they, uh, you know, I mean, that was really. I've never been there. That was one of those places. I mean, it was so empty. You're yeah. kind of like, is this even going to be here the next yeah. time I get on? <laughs> was it as good as people said it was? Early on, it was. Okay. Because that was one of those places that you needed a 24-hour at least reservation right. before you had it there. Right. Yeah. The funny thing was. Uh, had to make a reservation, not for yourself, but for the pizza. For your pizza's time <laughs> in the oven. Oh, yeah. Sorry. yeah we should. All right. Yeah. Can, can we put this back? So they just brought the uh, cloth over, so we don't get their carpet dirty. We're on the floor right now. But, uh, Mandy Nor, I'm we're actually gonna ask them what that name means. Do you guys know what it means? Nor is just like I think it's like a market. Mandy means the, you know I, I say like it's a dish called Mandy Chicken Mandy. Right. Know, so. Must be some kind of a uh, style or type of cooking that they do. Yeah. So that's what I'm assuming. <coughs> yeah, it's kind of funny sometimes. I mean, you know, you see these names that sound very exotic, yeah. and they just ter- really turn out to yeah. mean like family dining, or <laughs> good eats, <laughs> smack tack, the only right. place up on Elston. I found, I found that, that basically means yum, good. <laughs> I found this place from uh, walking, you know, and. Kind of got to get used to sitting on the floor. I know. You know, your legs. But I found this place from walking. I walked from Ketsy all the way down, you know. It's, I feel it's easier to see stuff. And then I walk back and then, you know, I narrow down to see which one I want to try. And I try this and then, you know, then the next day I would, you know, decide, you know, I'm just going to try just about every restaurant for every day here and see what happens. And then I'm going to hit up the next neighborhood and do the same thing, you know. Just to see what happens. And the good thing about places like this is it doesn't cost that much, so you know it's affordable just to go out, get a couple of dishes or one dishes, and then get to try it and go to the next restaurant. Well, yeah, that's really one of the things. Except maybe for Japanese food, which is yeah. expensive. Oh, yeah. All this stuff is like cheaper than Korean McDonald's. Food is expensive too. Korean food, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, Why is Korean get, food expensive? I want to know. Well, if you're gonna get like good ribeye grilled yeah. over. You know, yeah. the, the charcoal or something. Even the chicken that you get, yeah, like, I mean, dancing, it's just that place dancing. You know, I go to a lot dancing, of cheap yeah. places, but that is one of the priciest places I go. It to. is. Yeah. It is. Each bill, like you're there with one other person, maybe yeah. each bill is at least sixty bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know why, but it, wow. Because <laughs> no, they get away with it. No, but then if you go to other Korean restaurants, it's the same price too. Like when I'm in Glenview, I go, I order the same thing, and sometimes I got dishes that are like twenty-five, you know, dollars. It's I mean, you crave them, and you're like, yeah, okay, I, mean, I need to go I back, it, but... You know, <laughs> know what I do? I go to H-Mart, and I buy yeah. the, the beef that's already marinated in mm-hmm. the things, yeah. and I cook it on my yeah. grill. <laughs> I made the fire chicken by myself, yeah, and it was... The, she made the fire chicken. You, didn't, you haven't been there yet. You I still have never been there. Well, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's kind of hard to go out at 10 o'clock yeah. at night. I guess. But who's there at 6 o'clock? You'd be surprised. Yeah, they come They come in, man. All right, well, yeah. it's, it's one of my ambitions. I yeah. thought about doing this as an article for Food Editor sometimes, like confessing all the famous places that I've never yeah. been to. Yeah. You know. yeah. uh, I just want to ask you, you want to start with the fasa? The, the show you the pictures, or do you want everything to Yeah, we'll put everything together. Right? Yeah, it'll be cool. You know? Get a good picture yeah. of it all. So the, now the dishes we are ordering is the uh, Let's get the, do we have shanka. Shashuka. Shashuka. I'll ask for a menu to see if we can pronounce yeah. <laughs> 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 it. 
There's a lot of sugar in the tea. Is it? A lot. You think they put sugar in it? No, I think they put a lot of sugar in it. Maybe that's why I like it. I like sugar in my tea. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna admit, admit to being Egypt. a coolest American and not knowing. Yeah, it's in Africa. Like Egypt. It is. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's right. <coughs> so we got the shashuka. It's so the egg. Eggs and tomato sun, sauce. Yeah, eggs and tomato sauce, sunny side up. So we were told that Yemen food, to distinguish between like other Middle Eastern, is the seasoning and spices of that's, you know, common for any other like, Asian countries that determines the differences spices right. and seasoning, you know. Otherwise, it's lamb and rice for yeah. a thousand miles in that part yeah. of the world. Yeah, that's how they season it. So we'll see. Because last time here, I had the, the, the lamb leg soup. Actually, you know, it didn't have bone in you know, the shank, so I asked them if I could, and they were glad to throw a bone, a bone in, in there. there. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. You know, I like a lot. And the rice, you guys can love the rice. I, uh, I can eat the rice alone. It almost reminds me of Hyannese chicken and rice, you know, where they cook the boil, uh, poached chicken, and then they use a, a the broth yeah. Yeah, to cook the rice. I don't know that I've ever had that. I know it's one of those famous dishes, but... I don't have that at Inn. They make it. Do they? Yeah, the Thai version called Mangai. He actually infused ginger and turmeric inside the rice, you know, uh, unlike the other places. It was really good. I just don't like... He doesn't serve the chicken bone in. I I told him to put bone in, but... (coughs) It's good, the flavor, I think, but I'd rather have it bone in. So what about you, JP? You do uh, Monday nights. Every Monday, JP does uh, Monday munchies. He, he eats at five different places. First Monday of every month, I talk about the restaurants I ate that previous month. Oh, not every Monday? No. All right, so then we got uh, we That'd be ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of places do you go to? Um, I try to go somewhere different, like a couple times a week. Uh, I was up in Milwaukee this weekend, so I went to a couple other places for a Lunar New Year festival. So we went to uh, a couple of good places there that I've had before in public. Yeah. Do you go to Mon Market? Uh, no. Um, it was more Vietnamese, but I've been, I've been to H Mart before. Um, really? I mean, yeah, well, they have a there's a market that's you know Hmong who are get, where where is Hmong from? Is it like uh, it's in they live in Laos and Laos. usually in the villages, right? Know, and, uh, okay, in the, on the mountains. Because you've been to that market, yeah, in Milwaukee, right? And, yeah, uh, what what market? The, the public market or the no the Hmong one? On National Street. Yeah, on National. I don't think I've been there. I've been. It was a long time ago since I went there, but I didn't. Okay. I, I'm not aware of that. Well, then they have a little food court with a few different restaurants. Not a whole lot, but they're building. They're building a fancier one yeah. now. So Hmong food could be similar to uh, Lao food, you know, since it's in the same country yeah. and stuff. And you know, I like it a lot. You know, and every time I go to Green Bay, I go to the Hmong market there, and I right. you know, just to have all kinds of stuff that I like to bring home that you know I can't get over here. Uh, we still need a we still need a Lao restaurant. <laughs> soon, soon, right, JP? We're gonna open one. If you want, sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a new job, so it can be for a while. 
some guy, the owner of Via Venito, you know, the Italian place, uh -huh. he asked me, um, there's a uh, space for rent for 29000 not for rent, to buy for $29,000, but the location is Clark and Jarvis, right? And okay. it's a nice layout. I can't remember what it used to be. It's like, it was like a, I think it's like a, like a 16 or 2,000 square feet place. And he's like, find someone to buy it, or I'll give, give you a thousand dollars if you can find someone to rent it for nineteen hundred a month. Uh, so, I mean, I would be interested. You know, I was talking to some of the, the owners from White Tapas. He's, he wants to open a place, but it's just a location. You know, right. it's, it's, it's weird. But, uh, my kids went to school in Rogers Park, so it's not my favorite neighborhood. I mean, it's full of interesting things, but. You know, I wouldn't yeah. hang around there late at night. Restaurants really, it's a shame because restaurants can't really strive there or thrive there. You know, like a Jamaican Jerk used to open right there on Howard Street. I, I, I would walk there. I used to live in the area. I, I, you know, I say to myself, this place I know I ask, you know, and they got the, the Lizzie. And there's a lot of, like, Caribbean food in that area. You know? Yeah. But now they move over, like, uh, I think on, like, Corbic and Niles, somewhere in the area, or Skokie. Like Jamaican food. It's pretty good. There's a jerk on Halstead in Chicago, though. Yeah, that the uh, jerk, jerk boss. Oh, this is called Jerk. Is it? Yeah, right over the hill, the thing there. Yeah, yeah. Right by the ground building. Yeah. That's one of those things I've not had. Jerk? Enough, I mean, I've had it, but I haven't had enough of it to know jerk. what I think. You know, like what's what's really good and what's less good or things like that. I haven't had any of it, period. Jamaican food? Yeah. Maybe once or twice, but yeah, yes, without really realizing it. Primary plantains, oxtail, beans, you know, they really right. have oxtails, you know, and uh, ceviche, if you don't know ceviche, I don't think so, right? I That's more like Latin America. Yeah, I haven't seen that at the ones I've been to, but who knows? Oh, yeah, you know, and the jerk, the main thing is, is the seasoning, the jerk sauce, right? The jerk seasoning, that's, I think that's what jerk means. Yeah. Right? So, How would you compare that seasoning to? Sort of like barbecue, but with really hot, you know, like just like scotch bonnet peppers and mm -hmm. stuff like that in it, so. I mean, let's say you eat like a Korean barbecue with the, it's already seasoned. You could call it jerk, right? What is the definition of jerk? I don't, well, I think people would think it comes from that part of the world. I wouldn't go calling a place jerk and then serving Korean. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I will. Someone has written where it comes from, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, know these things. Or at least made up a good story. It's like, <coughs> uh, I make chess pie a fair amount, and you know where the name? Chess? Chess pie. Chestnut pie? No, chess pie. Like your chess? No, just chess, like the game of chess, but you know where the, oh, name, well, that's the, the name comes from? What's it? What flavor of pie is it? Oh, it's chess pie. <laughs> That's the story. It's probably not true. It probably comes from like cheese pie. Cheese in the old English sense being like a custard. <laughs> but still, it's a good story. Chess pie. This is? Yeah. I don't know. Now you tell me. I don't see anything in there. Well, it depends how Muslim they are. Oh, that's right. A lot of them. Do you see the sticker that's sitting on the... There's a um, 
fridge here slash cooler, and there's a sticker on it that says, I break for hallucinations. <laughs> it says it right there on the top right corner. I break for hallucinations. I have a feeling that was on it before they came into the space. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little gift, parting gift, I put it on. It's like, um, you know, one of my favorite places is an Indian restaurant, Pakistani, right at um, Western and Devon, called Khan Barbecue. Someone made them a sign for the side that says Con Barbecue, but it says it in the Star Trek typeface, as in the Wrath of Con. <laughs> and I've always wondered, do they know that's a joke? <laughs> I don't think they don't. <laughs> that's the best part of it. They don't know. <laughs> that place open late nights, yeah. Yeah. No. I've actually never been there. I walk by there oh, all the time. Good. I it's always scroll around the corner to grab the Ravi Kabal, but I never go in there. Check it out. There's always another place. Yeah. That's what's great about Chicago. I was out in that. I went to a, a wedding in Three Oaks, Michigan. Yeah. It's like Three Oaks, Michigan in January. It's like you could eat everything there is to eat in Three Oaks the first day. <coughs> and then you're like, oh God, what do I do now? Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. You eat the one place, that's it. No. Go to Dickie's. Yeah. Bars food, get me some barbecue. <laughs> Dickie's uh, Bar and Grill? Is that what it is? Is it the one on the river? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was near my hotel. I was coming back from uh, like way up north of Michigan. So. Where, are you, where, are you, where are you from? Are you from here? Yeah, Glenview. Yeah. It's maybe half an hour from here, actually. No, I mean, like, were you raised there? Or? Yeah, I was first born in America. My family's actually. Uh, from Kiev, Ukraine. All right. So. Oh, so you're like Ukrainian, Russian? Russian more than Ukrainian. Yeah, they, they got some good Russian shops right here. Well, Ukrainian shops in Chicago here. I don't know if you've been. Really? No, I haven't. There's even a buffet. Anna's Bakery. They have the Anna's Bakery is best good. cold smoked salmon. Hands down. You know, I go there, this guy's like forcing me to buy it. Like, no, you get this, get it. You sure? <laughs> yeah, get it, get it. I'm like, fine. So I get it and that's it, you know. That's game over. You're hooked for life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would go there, I'd go on my way and get let's get the cold smoked salmon. You'd be surprised. Everybody has smoked salmon lux in their refrigerators. That caviar on the holidays, oh, fried yeah. caviar. Right. And then next door, Ukraine Ukraine Deli is where I always go get the blood sausage. You know, that's something we don't keep in our refrigerators, but <laughs> But they, they, you know, they make it every now and then, they sell it, that's it, it's done, my, my co-workers you train it, and you introduced me to it, so then. So one side of my family, my mom's side, they're German Mennonites, mm-hmm. but they went to the Ukraine to farm, and then eventually were kicked out, and <clears throat> so they're like family dishes, you know, in my family that are are Ukrainian, even though we're not ethnically Ukrainian. But, uh, you know, she'll make like Nalsniki and Veroniki and stuff. Veroniki? Yeah, and, uh, and she loves coming up here to have it, you know, to see it. It's interesting. Because it is like her grandmother's food. And it feels like home. Yeah. It really feels like home. But it's interesting to see, like, even like Bulgarian food is so intertwined with like Greek, but also right. like the European, like, Russians, Russians, Polish. Russians and Ukrainians, they love crawfish too, right? I, no, 
Yeah, from what I know. Really? Yeah, but I guess I don't know too much about the cuisine. I mean, I know what I grew up with, and that's probably about it. I've never really explored yeah, more. Yeah, it's not something I've, I've seen. It's not to say they don't, but... Because uh, my Ukrainian friend, he, that's what he was telling me, and then, then uh, suddenly uh, at Saigon Bistro, they get a lot of Russian and Ukrainian people, and I didn't know that they eat this stuff, and uh. there's crawfish in... See, I know. So, yeah, so you've got the Ukrainians going to the Vietnamese place yeah. to eat Asian food. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about Chicago. <laughs> and now you've got the Koreans, they're going, they're, they're taking over the night night scene now, too. Yeah. You know what, there's... Side, but now they go there. There's another, another thing, if I go to a Polish place like Smack Tack, yeah. even odds, there'll be like a Korean family oh. eating there. I don't know what the mystical connection between Korean and Polish food is. <laughs> sort of like, you know, Jews and Chinese food or something, <laughs> but uh, it, it exists because I've seen them enough times that it's not it's not like the one Korean family stretching, you know, checking it out. I know. Every time I'm in dancing, though, I'm the only Caucasian party there. Where? Every time at uh, the at Korean dancing. place. Yeah, dancing. Yeah, but now it's getting a lot of Yes, it's getting a lot um, more publicity. You still got to go to Saigon Bistro. That is yeah. my they were like, first... They were like this close to uh, uh, Bankroll, you know? Really? Yeah, he was paying money out of his own pocket. Ever, ever since Angry Crab opened up, um, they deliberately did it next to them. That was, no, that was no coincidence. And then they were like, you know, they're losing their customers, and he was paying out his pocket, and he's, he said, I don't know what to do. And I told him, you know, just stick with it, and... <coughs> Vietnamese food, you know, that's one thing Angry Crab doesn't have, because people can't eat seafood all the time, it's expensive yeah. you know, and then now they also have good food, which is another thing Angry yeah. Crab doesn't have yeah. Oh, See, you I agree? I went the other day and I did not like what I got It's I very like monotonous it. to me, it all tastes like the same spice Okay. Salt. Yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying No, Saigon Bistro is just one of those places I really, really, yeah. really want to yeah. go Now, because it's, you know, the, now they remodel the people who work there are the ones who's remodeled, like they do construction too, so now they're working there as a family, and you know they got their night scene going, so they're doing pretty well. And there's you know they're actually taking people from the Korean place next door, you know, so that's pretty good. And now they open seven days a week. They used to open six days a week, so uh, yeah. they got the home tiles, booth, menu done. Yeah, I want to see what it looks like because yeah, I thought uh, the the Irish bar look yeah. was sort of. I not Sort of temporary in the space. He got a deal on that spot. Fit. I need to get more of this tea. It's so good. But you're right. It was sweet. And she was. I asked her to bring over the sugar, and I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> you cook at home? I do cook at home. I mean, I'm kind of stuck with it how when I'm in college. How did you cook that uh, spicy chicken? Tell us what you did. I did my research. Uh, you know, I was trying to do the sweet and spicy, yeah. but I thought it was called fire chicken. So I looked up the recipe for fire chicken, and I ended up making what the recipe called for, and it tasted a little different, but I liked it a lot. Thank you very much. So it was one of those things. Uh, what was that? I said, like, that's Arabic bread. Okay. What is the bread called? Arabic? Arabic. Arabic? Okay, so we got... <laughs> I think that's going to go with the sauce. It looks like pita bread. Yeah. It's a little bit different. 
It's like classic culturally food for like they have like Arabic bread with this yeah. kind of food, yeah. I never heard of Turkey. Arabic bread. Arabic bread. Naan, right? Naan. Like, the naan's a little different. Naan's a little different. One time I was in a place, random Southside Middle Eastern place, and it's like they had a few different kinds of sort of pizza-looking things. One was zatar and one was like. So what? What's this one on the menu here? Well, it has has like a sausage on it. Okay, great. This uh, you know Iraqi sausage. This would be interesting. I get it, and it's got a Vienna beef hot dog sliced up on it. Oh, that's so disappointing. Koreans use that too. See that fire chicken though. It was uh, what I did was I marinated uh, chicken thighs a mixture of soy sauce, um, sesame seed oil, uh, olive oil, um, chili powder, chili paste, fresh <coughs> ginger, minced ginger, and uh, garlic. Did, did it have the same texture? Yeah, it did. And then I put... Um, I cooked it up. Then obviously had to get the cheese on there, so I did the mozzarella and I actually put some chives on there too. Um, green onion, actually, not chives. And it was just, I ate it for days. So I <laughs> mixed it with some white basmati rice and it was. How did you handle the fire chicken? I, I, I can't eat it, it's too spicy. I cannot eat it at dancing. The way I made it, I could eat it. Oh, did you eat some at dancing though? Yeah, I got it by accident once because that's what I thought I made it. Like, that's what I thought we had. And when I made it at home, like when I was craving yeah. uh, the sweet and uh, yeah. spicy chicken, uh, it tasted fine to me. It tasted really good. It wasn't exactly the same taste, but I thought it was just because I was cooking it myself. Yeah. So I wasn't quite sure. And then when I had it at the restaurant again, I brought my friend there and we ordered the fire chicken and it tasted like the exact way I made it, but like a ton more spicy. And I was like, so that's what I made, but like extremely spicy. Poison spicy. Yeah, but it tastes so good. It's fucking good. And then, can we say that on a... Yeah. Oh, I don't... There we go, shakshuka. Oh, no, it's okay. Consistency is almost like fat, you know, chicken. Yes, and yeah, it doesn't like seem like you're getting enough meat. Yeah. And there's a lot of bones, and it's kind of like, oh, what do I do? And there's so much cheese, it's kind of. Yeah. Oh, I think we sit on this thing, right? Do we sit on this thing? I doubt that. I don't think so. I think it's for exactly what you're doing, for tea and stuff. Alright. Well, that smells delicious. Sitting there, and I seen them eat it. And, you know, some onions, I eat it. Uh, Iraqis, 
Like, if you like a fork and knife, like, like yeah. Chinese restaurants, like, you fork. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll be drinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was all the this. Let me help you with this because it's a little bit hot. You know what? I'm going to move this. Yeah, move this over on here. there. Yeah, bring it close to me. Put your hand and then. All right. So we got a platter of lamb with chicken and some burma. This is the shank and then the rice seasoning. And what is this volcanically bubbling stuff? What here? is that soup? I really. Soup what did you guys? Uh, soup du jour. Oh, that is the uh, salty chicken. Salt. Uh, the name of it. Has this been photographed enough? Yeah, yeah. We can dig in. Can okay. you, uh, yeah, sure. And I give you the spoonful. Yeah. What is Thank the name you. of this? Salty, uh. Fahsa. This? Yeah. Fahsa chicken or? Uh, Fahsa lamb. Oh, okay. Thank you. Alright. Alright, let's take a picture here. some reason, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man who still, like, sits around like a teenager. I, like, lay on my stomach on the couch uh, and watch TV and uh, stuff like that. What do you, what do you, you, gotta, you gotta eat with your hands. You know, you want me to use the hands for the rice? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's how you eat. Right? You eat with your, you eat with your hand, right? Yeah. Uh, five, three, uh, yeah, like this. The people don't know how we eat with the hand. Yeah, yeah I understand that you eat with I'm trying this. Let me give you the water, so. I will too. I just I will too. 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 I will I will too. I will too. I will too. I will I will too. I will too. I will too. I will too. I will is Shiroi Sushi, a serene Japanese bistro with indoor aquariums offering a creative selection of sushi and cooked dishes. Yes, we actually picked our food from the aquariums. Imagine seeing a line forming on the sidewalk for a restaurant. Now you look at the front, the server greets you with a smile and says, welcome. As you're being led to the table, you feel a very busy vibe throughout the entire restaurant. You see couples, families, and others who know they're brought about joy with a great time, which is a delicious, well-priced meal. 
Hmm, you think. I wonder what the daily or monthly special is. Hey, let's try this special drink tonight. Or what? $0.99 cent draft Bud Bud Light? You got it. Their goal at Shirley's Sushi is to provide their high-value customers with a unique and enjoyable experience and, above all, quality and Japanese cuisine at a reasonable price. They have been in business for over 25 years. Customers rave about the cool decor, hip ambience, and upbeat from the service. Servers will be asked about their favorite roles and chat with the menu. They are pioneers to live halibut and prepare sushi fresh for you. So sit back, rejoy, and live us tasting the live halibut. What would you get, Yuri? Just red wine, plum wine. Plum wine, okay, plum wine. Yeah, I gotta start with the dinner. Hey, yeah. Can I have a Sapporo? Yeah, my stomach's working. Yeah. What was your name? My name is Sophie. thank you. What kind of milk? Soju. Soju? We're waiting for you. Yeah, the shot's done. That's a shot? Yeah. Soju. Soju. <laughs> I just gotta get them cut. Yeah, it's always done. So. <laughs> Pasta sauce for fish as well. Spicy. It's not that spicy. Yeah, this is spicy. Alright. Well, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> we can wait. We can wait. Yeah, come on. You can put more in, you know. We're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> it's alright. We're waiting. We'll get the next one. <laughs> Fish fried and oyster fried. This is soup. Okay. It was so bland. I'm glad you tried that. Sauce for this. It's my first time. 
Yeah. I'm American. <laughs> so, you know? No, I, I can't read it. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> I took one look at it. I'm not even going to try it. Numbers are universal. Yeah, it's like four bucks this thing. That's it? Yeah. We've been out shooting, no big deal. Jack got some um, soju. You already got some red wine? Yeah. Can you guys help me get that light thing As soon as I'm done with red wine, I'm switching to that. It was so good. Yeah. It's weird. I like American pancakes, so least have all pancakes I've ever had. Yeah, These Korean pancakes are good. Had, Polish pancakes are so good. Polish was on, like from potatoes, like potato pancakes. Yeah. Growing up, my dad, um, he worked with a guy who ran the Polish uh, station at like Summerfest in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. So he would go and then like he would just give us, like we're like young, right? So he'd give us all these tickets to go on the slide for free. And then he'd just give us a bunch of food. Right? He's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> he actually used to play for um, the national team like way back in the day, like in like the 70s. Play, play Plus, uh, uh, soccer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Back in the 70s? Yeah. He's a restaurant owner now. Yeah. Really good. Very good. Thank you. Ooh. More oysters. What are these? Muscle? Clam? Clam? Yeah, you just drop this on here. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what is uh, thank you in Korean again? Thank you in Korean? Thank you. You're in Korean, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kamsa Mida. Kamsa Mida. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just explain to you. So this is the, the halibut sashimi. What I recommend is uh, you take the leaf and the sesame leaf and then you put one on. Take some raw garlic, jalapeno. This sauce is a uh, fermented soybean paste. Dab that and you make a wrap. Okay. Or you can just, you know, just dip it in soy sauce and wasabi. You got the oysters here. This is a, uh, this is the raw sweet shrimp, and this is the head deep fried. This is totally edible. Just be careful by the the edge right here. But the brain inside is all cooked. And, you know, that's the best part of the shrimp. And then this right here, yeah, don't eat the tail. Eat the meat. 
And this is a baby um, baby squid with a tail. This is rare. And this one right here is some squid. I mean, I'm sorry, some clam. And you got the halibut sushi with the rice underneath. And this is lotus lotus leaf, lotus root. Uh, this is a sea cucumber. So you could dip that in uh, the Korean hot sauce they're gonna give you. This is the abalone, two pieces of that. And you could dip that in um, soy sauce or wasabi or uh, the wedding. Yeah, Korean hot sauce. And underneath right here, and underneath here, the oysters. You got the fin of the halibut. They have a little bit of different texture because they swim with it. It's more a little bit more, you know, tender. So this is this is the hot Korean hot sauce. Make the wrap, and you know you just incorporate all the side dishes and shit. So just try a little bit of everything, you know. Yeah, but I highly recommend wrapping this with uh, lettuce, uh, sesame meat, and raw garlic and jalapeno, and with this sauce, and making a wrap. That's when you came on a Wednesday, you know, yeah. not a Friday or Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you coming in today. And this is awesome. Like, this is a way to you know, the abalone and the, the sea cucumber, I do advise it's a little bit on the extreme side. So, you know. Yeah, it's a prayer, like iodine, like, all, you know. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, it tastes like the ocean, you know. Oysters, definitely gotta do the oysters. Let's uh, make the head move. Yeah, I thought it was more. Yeah. It was like breathing or something. Yeah, no, the fins are still moving. You can't breathe. It's in, yeah, it's not water. I could I saw it move. I thought it was the light or something. Is it dead now or just? You actually take the, the cucumber garnish out, yeah. shut his mouth, and then you don't oh, put your hand there. Oh, oh, it's still biting. Huh? Oh, it's still biting, huh? Yeah. I'm probably going to get him. That's the way I would. It'll move from time to time to the nerve. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like my dad cut the nerve for me yeah. to stabilize it. Okay, so you guys are playing with your We're going to really enjoy you, buddy, okay? <laughs> Hang in there. All right. All right. Don't worry, he's kosher. You don't have to feel bad. Yeah, the nigiri should be good. Eat the meat just plain once. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try the texture. I'll try so we're here we got the this is a halibut right yeah fresh halibut so we got the fresh halibut here and it's got enough nerves oh, see the mouth is yeah, still moving, still moving yeah. don't stick your hand in there yeah. unless you got health insurance <laughs> right there 
and then you know you got the squid, you got the. It's okay. We what is that shrimp? Plain. Oh yeah. That's a, what is that shrimp? Sweet shrimp. Sweet shrimp. That's the oysters, and this is the head that's deep fried. And then you got the, uh, you know, the halibut skin here, the meat. You got abalone. Abalone. Sea cucumber right here. So this is the uh, platter. Um, it's a pay-per-person platter. Yeah, that way, yeah, course meal so it's easy. So we got appetizer here. All right, it's good. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It's on the house, man. Filming us. Thanks, man. Yeah, make sure to post it all over Facebook. Oh, yeah. Whatever other. Post all over. Out there, you go. Actually, no, I was going to switch to the blogger. That's not nice. switch. What is that, YouTube? What is that? Alright, guys, enjoy. Thank you, bro. Thanks, Dave. Our next stop is La Casa de Samuel. Going strong since 1989, La Casa Samuel continues to be a great spot for a satisfying breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The spacious, immaculate, and comfortable room features exposed brick, large windows, and oil paintings depicting the Mexican landscape. Tables and booths are filled with families enjoying platters of fragrant cooking presented by their affable servers. A front section of restaurants dedicated to making outrageously good tortillas, warm and fresh to order. The kitchen's pride and skill is clear in the kitchen's enchiladas, bathed in outstanding salsa roja, served alongside the refried black beans and rice studded with cubed potatoes and peas. The cabrito here is intensely tasty, perfectly seasoned and slow roasted with care. Sit back, relax, and enjoy us eating some strange foods at La Casa de Samuel. This thing, we don't need this thing. You don't need it right yeah. now? Yeah, we're gonna do that thing right there. I think that's uh... So the little snake, the iguana, yeah. and the blue fries. And do you want for the appetizer, the four legs? The four legs? No, no, no. What is it? What's that? The four legs is going to be good for appetizer. But I think, I think this will look pretty good though for a picture. Yeah, for a picture, you know, yeah. a, a, any food, you know. Okay. So, we'll, okay, we'll get this. Icona and an alligator. I mean, not alligator, I mean, a uh, uh, rattlesnake. This is not a rattlesnake. Where is that? Icona? This thing. The cabrito. Yeah. You want the leg, right? Yeah. Okay. What would you got? The leg? You got the rib? What, it's just one piece. Okay. So, which piece do you prefer? The leg. The leg? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And the one, uh, the one I have to prefer, do you want to like to see on soup or you want to see on salsa? Uh, I don't know, what do you like? For me on salsa. Okay, we'll do that. Whatever you like. And then these other ones, we could, what do you, how do you like to eat them? Last time I had them, it was on a sauce, but maybe... For, for, if you want to feel, you know, the really taste yeah. of the meat, yeah. for the little snake, I recommend, uh, you know, on barbecue. Iguana, for me, my best call, maybe it's on soup, but because you want to see on the picture, I recommend salsa, salsa better, green sauce. Um, the soup, I think soup sounds good, though, because I've never, I haven't had it in soup before, I had it last time in the sauce. So I bring three, three little plates yeah, with yeah. soup, yeah, yeah. they start with iguana, yeah. and then 
you share the cabrito with the rubber snake. Okay. Sounds yeah. good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Perfect. I'm King and I'm here with the... Um, I'm King, I'm here with JP of Triple Podcast and we're continuing our Strange Foods Chicago radio show. Podcast, we're gonna you know compile all the places that we've eaten strange foods and just compile into one episode. And today, um, I brought along uh, you work for Zuba, and your name again is Lizzie. Lindsay, Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's Lizzie. Okay. So, you know, maybe you could tell us about yourself and you know what you do. And of course, so my name's Lizzie. Um, I just moved to Chicago from San Francisco, um, and I'm working for a company now um, that called Zuba, where we are um, a, a app for travelers to connect to locals for real, local, unique experiences. And um, also, I like to say that we are here at. Uh, uh, Mexican restaurant called La Casa de Samuel, and it is on Cermac, near Cermac and uh, Western, right? California. Oh, no thanks. Uh, Cermac in California. So this part of the neighborhood, I think it is, what, what, do, you, what, what do you call this neighborhood? Like what, um, is it Pilsen? No. No, it's not Pilsen. Little Village? Little Village, yeah. Yeah, little village, maybe a little bit more outside by where the arch is, but uh, we came here specifically for the iguana and the rattlesnake. So um, I, you know, I decided to uh, ask Lizzie if she wanted to come along. We had a phone interview earlier today, so now here she is, yeah. and you know, <laughs> give her, yeah, let her go, go on an adventure with us. <clears throat> so back to Zuba. Yes. Um, so we are finding unique experiences all over Chicago right now, yeah. launching in April and um, just trying to bring back the experience to travel. So you guys are an app company or a website? Website and we will have a mobile app as well. Okay, so give us an example of like a, a client interaction. Um, so we have... Um, Guacamole is here. Thank you. Guacamole. Much rest, sir. Much rest. Um, That's English for thank you. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So what's like an experience? Um, So we are doing um, all different kinds of experience in different categories to reach a broad range. we are working a lot with different types of architecture tours that aren't the normal architecture tour that you'd find on all the travel sites. Um, and then we also have historical tours since Chicago is such a historical city, especially with the Prohibition era and Al Capone um, having an experience to find Al Capone's haunts of Chicago and visit a couple speakeasies. And it's so fun. For my dad's birthday uh, two years ago, we came out of Chicago. My brother's already living here. And I was partially working here already, part-time. And we did a 1920s tour okay. where you like, had on a bus and did all Al Capone stuff. Yeah. And then we actually went to a 
dinner and a show kind of place where it was like all like 1920s things. Yeah. My dad got like, asked to go on stage. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, it was pretty memorable to everyone in the crowd, what happened. <laughs> but yeah, it was like so much fun, just like the, the history behind all that. Yeah, I'm sure. I went by uh, Loyola, they still have that church. They saw like the bullet holes like in the church, right? Oh wow. You can walk by, I mean, I just see like the bullet holes in there, yeah. It's so That's good. crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's fun, because like when you visit a city, it's always fun traveling to new places, but personally I find it more memorable when you visit a friend, because they show you like the right. areas that are off the beaten track, they're not the same. Like I love when people come to visit me in San Francisco, because I get to show them all around. Are you actually from SF or different the Bay? Yeah, well, I was born in Chicago right. um, and moved to San Francisco in the city when I was like eight. Okay. So, been there since. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of friends in like South Bay. Okay. So they, they say like to Miss West, I'm from San Francisco, but they're really like Bear. Palo Alto, Cupertino. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of really in San Francisco. I was like two hours away. <laughs> yeah. I know. It gets confusing. <laughs> Everyone wants to be from there. So, is a lot of like the work you like, or do we kind of target like uh, international? Like, say, for instance, I go abroad to like China, right? Mm-hmm. And I get like paired with like a Chinese like host, mm-hmm. or is that is it kind of like that works, or is it how does that really play no, out? No, um, so it's more. Uh, so we have it's called Zuba, and then we have the Zubies who are giving okay. these experiences. Okay. Um, and you can search the site, um, and you just book like individual kind of experiences, starting from two hours on. Um, and it's all paid through on the app and website too, which makes it easy when traveling. How much are clients paying? Is there like a package? Um, so it depends on each experience. Yeah. They range. Um, they have a range in price depending on what you're doing and yeah. um, the Zuby and their preference as well. Well, maybe it targets out-of-towners opposed to locals, right? Pardon? It targets out-of-towners. Um, out of towners and also I feel like locals too or even like people who are living maybe outside of Chicago and they want to spend a weekend or a day in the city and they don't know what to do. Interesting. Yeah. So like my friend, there's Patrick, great guy, been in the burbs in Chicago his whole life, right? Uh, we would just go on walks together throughout the city and show me really cool places around town. Yeah. So something similar to that where it's like you have a tour guide for things that you probably don't understand, mm-hmm. but it's more personalized as opposed to sitting on like one of the red buses or whatever. Yeah, and you really get to know, it's like, it's not just about the experience, but also meeting some great new local people yeah. from the city and getting to know them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow, did you drink almost all that already? Is that yours? It's mine, it's mine. <laughs> oh. This is saying. mine. <laughs> I was going to say, you're really thirsty. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So I mean that is a great idea, you know. You go, you can set up uh, every major city, mm-hmm. you know, and have the headquarters there, and just basically let people know where to go, find the people who knows the spot yeah. where to go, and that way you don't people don't waste money and time. Exactly. So I mean, the, the, the food that we're eating here is, you know, like the iguana and rattlesnake. That's what they eat in Mexico. I know. You know, it's, it's, it's running around in there, you know? Well, you get this, Kate. Compare this, right? People say things are so exotic. You go to, like, China and you have chicken feet. Yeah. They're like, oh my god, that's so weird. I'd never do that. Or, like, we're eating iguana and rattlesnake, which is from Mexico. Yeah, it's normal. Or you eat, like, whatever. Hey, Americans, you love your hot dogs. 
Do you know what are in hot dogs? All the scraps of the pig that didn't go into something else. Like it didn't make bacon, it didn't make whatever. Like this, it's, it's literally all the scraps thrown into the little casing and you eat it. Well, it's, it's, that, that, that's that's exotic. Like, yeah. Well, it's like saying they don't like liver, but they they eat frog frog wall, which yeah. is actually worse because the things they do to the animal to get them, or like when people eat raw meat, it's kind of gross. But when they eat beef tartare, yeah, you know that's same thing as raw meat. Yeah. yeah well, my favorite foods is veal, and people are like, oh, this is so good. It's it's literally baby cows that weren't allowed to move more than like three yeah. inches. Yeah. Because they were like, it's so tender, yeah. right? Like whatever. It is what it is. Like not going down that rabbit hole of good or bad but it, it's just like exotic just means something you're not accustomed to yeah and people use it as such a negative term yeah it doesn't mean it's like uh, i tell i market myself strange foods but i tell people it's not that a food isn't strange yeah it's just to uh, americans it's strange but to 99 percent of the planet you know mm. and, you know it's normal ingredients normal food even different parts of America, that way. I was talking to a guy the other day that like we're, the self, you know? yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna have some like you know, going yeah, to the and he goes, oh, it's crazy, it's pretty, pretty far out there. And he's telling me this story. He's like, so I'm like up in Wisconsin, and this guy's like, hey, do you want some venison? And he's like, I'm a cook, I'm a chef, like I'll try anything, right? And I start eating it, and it's so good. And the guy tells me it's deer, and I spit it out. I'm like, this is so disgusting. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single person who's been to Wisconsin that hasn't eaten venison. Like, it's like very common yeah. food that, like, not a delicacy by any stretch of imagination, but it's like something people crave over. And you spit it out because, like, you didn't think to put two and two together that you could eat deer. Even though it's the same thing as, like, a cow. Mm. Like, it's the same kind of, like, line of animal. Yeah, I, I lived in Mississippi for two years, too, so I got to experience um, the different cuisine down there, which was, in, it was different for me, but I loved it. <laughs> so our uh, iguana soup is here, I think. What is it? Iguana and algo red sauce. Ah, And we also have the crickets, the fried crickets. Oh, you have it? It's not on the menu. Yeah, sure. Let's get it. Wanna try the fried crickets? Yeah, I guess we're gonna we're gonna try some fried crickets. Yeah, those actually come whole. So any more surprises you're not telling us? Well, that one, those ones are not on the menu, but they are pretty good. All right. Think about it. Otherwise, game over. But usually, it's just I think it's just. Over exaggerated that you can get killed from puffer fish. You know what I mean? Just to hype up the, you know, the, the more uh, adrenaline rush. If people say, ah, oh, there's a 99% chance you're not going to get killed, you know, it's, does it give you that rush? Does it? Can you repeat what we eat here? These three dishes? Mm. So we ate, uh, we got a whole lake of uh, El Corito, which is a baby goat. Um, that's what El Corito means, baby gold, and it's it looks kind of like the one they serve at the girl in the gold. And then also we have well, it's nice and tender too. This uh, you know, the meat right here falls off the bone of the gold. And then we also have the rattlesnake, which is topped with fried garlic, served with uh, Mexican rice and green beans. 
Well, no, not green beans. Uh, refried uh, beans. Refried beans. And there are parts that's dry, but then if you find the right parts of the rattlesnake, it's really good. Flavor-wise, it's really good. You know? Fun fact about rattlesnake. Oh, where is this? Oh, this, we also had the crickets. We made cricket tacos earlier. It doesn't look like the crickets you see in the backyard of your home. It looks more like foreign crickets. They're like, tiny. Like, like immigrant crickets, right? Illegal immigrant crickets. Like they're not from here, you know? So they look weird, actually. They look like little red peppers. No, they look like seahorses. That's pregnant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably because the skin puffed up when it got fried or something. Oh, God. Right? Like pregnant seahorses. Oh. If they have skin, yeah. Now you have to take a picture of this. So it's crunchy, salty. I mean, I, there's no guts or anything flying out when you're biting into it. So. So fun fact about rattlesnakes, in Dallas, right, in Texas, they found rattlesnakes that are being born without rattles as evolutionary precautions to avoid humans who step on them and shoot them and kill them. Hmm. Uh, really? So you understand how evolution works, yeah. right? Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> like, basic evolution is rattlesnakes are being born without rattles because it attracts humans that kill them. That's interesting. So now you're witnessing evolution in your own time frame, in your own time, lifetime. Yeah. yeah. You mean evolution like over hundreds of millions of years. There's one more. Mm, that is really good. The Samuel was so good, we decided to go back a second time. This time for something a little bit different than last time. This will not disappoint, let me tell you. I hope they, I hope they get some more people in here to make it worth their while. So me and JP are here again at the La Casa de Samuel. This is the second from last of our Strange Food Series of Strange Eats in the city. And right now we got, last time we had iguana, but this time we can actually order the whole damn thing, you know? <laughs> All six pounds. Yeah, it's six pounds. It's like the size of uh, two Siamese twins. Siamese twins. It's a normal rate. Yeah, it's a big right? <laughs> <laughs> and we just uh, finished off some crickets. Uh, it's a bit salty, it's crunchy. Uh, it tastes like Oysters? Yeah, Rocky Mountain oysters. I don't know why they call it Rocky Mountain. What the hell is this doing? Mountains. <laughs> because they used to make them from Buffalo because the Buffalo were in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, but they don't live on mountains. Buffalo live near the mountains. They live in the areas between the Rocky Mountains. Oh, so they just the general area. It's called Rocky Mountain Goats because goats live on the mountains. Well, goats have two small balls. You have the big balls to have to be tasty. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Why do you have oysters? Size back. 
Exactly. It's 100% to fool people. No one wants to eat balls. I mean, I guess if you do it right, it's really tasty. Sear. Sear hot. I forget how the way they prepared it. I've had it a couple of times. Just random. It's got those veins, right? You want to sear it outside? Just like, just kind of want to do it. Have you ever watched them cook it? No, I have not watched balls being cooked before. Yeah, you, suffer. Know, you can see like veins like, branching out on the outside. Jeez. Well, I was telling him, so you know, like Henry Swing Club in uh, River North? Yeah. Um, like two years ago, I guess before, maybe they, before they got bought by DMK. They used to do a special where you come in, you get a PBR, and they would pay you two dollars if you ate uh, animal bowls. Really? So like it was always a different type, like so like, but like there was kind of like small, like whether it was like elk or something like something random like what that. Place was this? Uh, Henry's in uh, River North. It's kind of funny. And, uh, so we'd get like a PBR for four bucks, and then you get two dollars off because you ordered a ball. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in 
iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.